in Revelation chapter 3 to Laodicea says that we are blind, wretched, naked, miserable, and poor. And God says that we are to buy gold tried in the fire, divine life, the experience of the Holy Spirit. We have to pay a price to buy the experiences that we as Christians need to have with Christ. The apostasy, the great apostasy that Paul the Apostle talked about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which uh, really began the momentum. There was always, has always been apostasy in this country, in the evangelical churches. But in the mid-70s, the apostasy began to gain momentum, and that momentum has accelerated and now we evangelical Christians in America are in the center of the apostasy. It is not coming. It's not distant. It has arrived. It has overtaken the evangelical churches of America. Not only the evangelical churches, but all of the other main denominations in this country Catholicism, the Lutheran churches, Greek churches to a least lesser degree, all of the main denominations, Episcopalians, America, the American Christians have been planted in a field surrounded by, or I don't know if I would phrase it this way, we are in a spirit of apostasy. Lukewarm. We are lukewarm. We are not hot. We are not cold. We are anything but fervent. We are best lukewarm. American Christians have been warned. We have been warned by the scriptures details as to what would happen in the present time details as to why we will be so apostate we live in a culture that has everything that anyone could ever want people are coming from all over the world to enjoy our culture the culture of death a culture which will affect Christians no matter how fervent they are if they're not careful they will fall into the trap the Billy Graham Crusades and other ministries would send will actually as they would go into Africa young converts young African men and women that would just be fervent for the Lord well it's too difficult to have Christian missionaries in Africa to train these people because the conditions are 
not suitable for the American mind. So what they would do is bring these African children to America to disciple them and then send them back to Africa. And they would be the disciples to disciple their tribes they're, they're in, the, in the regions where they lived, in the countries where they lived. But many of these young African children, when they would come here for ministry, would get caught by the culture and would not return and didn't want to return to Africa. We are a culture that is so powerful that even the most loyal Consecrated believers have a hard time staying in the race. This I can prove from the mid-70s, the, the fellowship where I initially was, uh, the Lord placed me in a fellowship for my basic training and my advanced training in Christ, my wife and I both, and others. These were some of the the, the, the friends, the young people that I was affiliated with, and the, even the pastors were some of the most given people. They were the most faithful to the Lord. And from that time to this time, many are still living, many have passed away. But they were actually caught in the fellowship that we were a part of, it became a an institution. It became a system. And most of us left. We left that assembly just to go into other American assemblies. Different American assemblies. Some went into more mainline denomination fellow churches. Some went back to Catholicism. Others, uh, Calvary Chapel. And what happens is Christ is calling His children out of systems. The Catholicism, Lutheranism, they have their way. They have a structure. It is a system. God has used it. God will continue to use it. But it doesn't matter what assembly you may be affiliated with, there's going to be structure. And that structure is there's going to be conflict. The structure is going to, you're going to have expectations with every fellowship that you're going to be part of. It's a system. Each, each fellowship is different. You can have a Calvary Chapel in California and one in Colorado. They're similar, but there's a difference. doesn't matter what assembly you may be affiliated with, there's going to be some structure. Well, in the body of Christ, with God's children, there is 
a way in which God has is uh, there is there is a way that God in his way I don't want to say structure it is following the Holy Spirit following the anointing you have need that no man teach you the Spirit will lead you into all truth that doesn't mean that we don't we don't uh, work with other Christians we don't gather but whenever in any gathering if there isn't a freedom to follow the Holy Spirit and in my the, the early days of my being churched in an assembly the following the Holy Spirit was emphasized daily weekly monthly it was emphasized if you were to go talk to the pastors and talk to them about marriage the counsel would generally be well firstly pray pray some more keep on praying and find the mind of Christ because marriage is uh, it, it, it is you don't want to talk, you don't want to be unequally yoked with the wrong person Paul warned against being unequally yoked pray 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 find the mind of Christ they emphasized emphasized prayer and finding the the leading of the Holy Spirit even in being in the fellowship in California where the Lord took me for my basic training for my churching I prayed and I went out to California just for a weekend and I was going to come back to Colorado and the Lord told me no you stay right here and the Lord took me away from all of my friends and my lifestyle he put me in a situation where I wasn't around friends that were in the in the the vices of the day sexual immorality all of that he put me in a situation where there were other believers who we wanted to be pure righteous and holy for the Lord God is mustering a people he is speaking to every Christian whether you're Catholic Lutheran Episcopalian Presbyterian it doesn't matter every single Christian who is truly born again in this country God is speaking he is attempting to warn the Christians of this country that there is danger in the days ahead there are the times that are coming are going to try you test you press you push you weigh heavy on you and American Christians basically not all 
but for the most part do not have staying power. Do not have endurance spiritually. They don't have the endurance that they're going to need. The apostasy, the apostasy that I'm speaking of, is because of the men in this country, the most, the majority of the, what I use the term, pastor. The group of people who have given direction to the American Christians. And in all the churches, I'm putting all seven churches, Catholics, Lutherans, all of it, every Christian. I'm talking to the whole family of God. Doesn't matter where, what structure you're in. Every born again Christian, regardless of main, whether in main denominations or non-denominational, doesn't matter. Every Christian, we are apostate as a nation. Not everyone is apostates, apostate. There are those who have been faithful to the Lord, that who are under the counsel, the direction of, direction of the Holy Spirit, that God is working with, that is has made the decision to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in whatever system or structure they're in. I know very godly Catholics. They're in a very... Uh, the idolatry in the Catholic Church, to some degree in the Greek churches, pretty much all of the churches, there is some idolatry in one way or the other. But these Catholics that I know, some were family, others were friends, they are very godly people. Same with Lutherans. I have a friend whose mother just passed away. Very godly Catholic woman. Very godly. Catholicism was her church. And she knew Christ in Catholicism like many in this audience that are listening presently. Some that are Lutherans, Greek. I knew a, a father, a Greek father, in uh, Rock Springs, Wyoming, 40 years ago. Father Lucas, Greek. He was a Greek priest. One of the most sincere, humble righteous uh, he had no guile he loved serving the Greek community in western Wyoming a Greek a Greek Orthodox priest not married all he did every day was something for the community in every assembly you have these type of people outside of the apostate spirit of the of the time i had been thinking 
yesterday and through the week I'm I have a I have a struggle and I pray each week I I have to pray I pray for the audience Lord you know what this audience needs I have to be flexible I have in my hand I have chapters from three or four books Zephaniah Amos Psalm 83 Isaiah Ezekiel chapters that I want to present and they're important and I'm going to present them and I asked the Lord, what, what, what is it? And the Lord just basically told me, your, this country is, is not God-centered. The Christian people are generally centered on everything but God. So, I have to think about that. So the Lord gave me a chapter in Proverbs chapter 1. And I thought about it and I decided, okay, hopefully I can maybe explain more clearly exactly what I feel and what the Holy Spirit has been taking me. I'm not been speaking to me. I'm not going to use, go through the whole chapter. I don't have the time. I'm going to go through just a portion of the chapter. It is a... In the Proverbs, it is... Chapter 1 is talking about wisdom. If you want wisdom, God will give you wisdom. If you decide wisdom isn't important God will meet you and uh, what you need more than anything is wisdom you'll lack wisdom you'll hang around with the wrong people you'll, you'll spend time with the wrong people you'll spend time with people that are on the road going to a different location in eternity and in Let's see here. I'm going to go to verse 20. Chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom shouts in the street. In the public square, she raises her voice. And wisdom isn't, it is God himself. Wisdom is the very God of heaven. Wisdom is alive. This is the Holy Spirit um, I guess you could say the spirit, it would be the spirit of wisdom, not just like uh, you need wisdom not to smash your finger. Well, common sense will tell you, be careful when you're, you have a hammer and a nail. Wisdom shouts in the street, in the public squares, she, in the public square she raises her voice. Above the noisy crowd, she calls out, at the entrances of the city gates, she has her say. Now this, verse 22, this is what in the 80s, 
Gablian, there's a Gablian study Bible. And I had the Gablian's study Bible on uh, Proverbs. I couldn't, day after day, week after week, I, I couldn't go on. I, had, I was stuck right here on this, what I'm going to read you. How long will you clueless people love being naive? Or it flips it. How long will you naive people remain clueless? Or how long will you who are simple-minded continue to be naive? Or how long will you who are naive continue to be simple-minded? Because it flips it back and forth. The Holy Spirit is saying, and this was to the children of Israel during the time of, of their peace, when they had stability in their country. How long are you going to be naive? How long will you be simple? Mockers cling to their mocking ways. If you are a mocker and you laugh at the warnings of God's people throughout this country and throughout the world that hard times are coming, if you're mocking, if you have that spirit of and an attitude of mocking people who say that hard times are coming, they're not coming. We're in hard times. The hard times are going to be, at times are going to become more difficult. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The podcasts for the programs are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. We'll be back to continue in just a few minutes. This is the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program. Hi folks, I'm James Morgan, a realtor with Grisham and Associates, LLC. I know it must seem like there's a million realtors out there making all kinds of promises. Want to hear my big marketing promise? I promise honest and fair dealings with all those I do business with. That may sound old-fashioned, and it is not very catchy, but it is true. I am your Colorado real estate specialist. Farm, land, mountain cabins, or urban dwellings. When you work with my team, we'll get the right property for you and be upfront and honest with you every step of the way. Over the years, my clients have told me just that fact alone separates us from others in the industry. If you are considering buying or selling real estate, call me, James Morgan, at 720-203-0731 or visit my website at coloradoproperties.online. No catchy slogan, just a client-first, honest real estate experience. Hit it, girls. Keep listening to the American Freedom Network. Okay, I'm going to go to the second half of this first hour, and I was, my wife has been telling me that the transmission towers is da- uh, the transmission at the tower is down, and I just had to tell her that uh, we uh, lost a main component that sends our signal from the station to the tower, so we can transmit. So temporarily, for those that are listening on internet, uh, our towers are down, and. We should have the towers back up, so we're not broadcasting presently other than on Internet. And I just told my wife that 
everything is messed up right now. But JD is working on them. The manager is out there presently. We should have we should be back on the air for the radio audience in a little bit. Going back to Proverbs. God is warning the American Christians. God is warning the American Christians. The American Christians do not want bad news. They do not want negative news. They don't want to hear about hardships that are coming. This is a spirit of prophecy. This is a spirit of apostasy. This is exactly why I say the American Christians are apostate. They don't want to hear the truth. The apostasy did not happen accidentally. It happened because of the leaders of this land in the churches refusing to tell, refusing, firstly, to interpret the Scripture correctly. They didn't want to interpret what the Bible says about many, many different things. They were building Christian empires. I use the word empires because this is exactly what the men in the 70s, 80s, the 90s, after the beginning of this century to the present have been doing. Christian empires. This is really what is happening. This is the spirit of all of these people in the Pentecostal churches, even in the, the fundamental churches, even in the, I, I have to also say, I've been witness to it in the Messianic movements, little Messianic empires, Pentecostal empires, the Copelands, the Hagans, and on and on. Then you have main denominations in California. Chuck Smith built an empire, but he didn't tell the Calvary people the truth. He was, a, he was great. He helped many people, but he was part of, and I, I will say, he was part of what has happened to this country, the apostasy. The Olsteins are part of it. Benny Hinn, part of it. Copeland, part of it. Joyce Myers, on and on and on. Christian people who believe that everything is fine, we are a Christian country, nothing is going to change that. In spite of the attitude of the government presently, it doesn't matter. Everything is going to be fine. The laws that are being passed, everything will be fine. No, things are not going to be fine. The mockers, Proverbs talks about it. King Solomon talked about mockers. The children of Israel used to mock the prophets. God is not going to punish us. God will never, we're his people. We are Israel. We're of the lineage of Abraham and Moses. 
and David, God will never punish us. Mockers hold their mocking dear, and fools hate knowledge. That is verse 22 of Proverbs chapter 1. You should respond when I correct you. Look, I'll pour out my spirit on you. This is verse 23. I'll reveal my words to you. Verse 24. This is God speaking to his people. He is in a conversation. He is speaking very clearly to them. I'll pour out my spirit. I'll pour my spirit out on you. I'll reveal my words to you. I invite you. But here is what has happened in this country. But you rejected me. I invited you. You rejected me. I stretched out my hand to you. But you paid no attention. You wouldn't take hold. Verse 25. You ignored all my advice. And you didn't want me to correct you. This is the evangelical churches of America. Verse 26. So, I will laugh at your disaster. I will make fun of you when hardship, dread, torment comes over you. When terror hits you like a hurricane and your disaster comes in like a tornado. When distress and oppression overcomes you, then you will call. Then you will call. Then you will seek me. Then you will ask me for help. Verse 28. But you won't find me. I will not listen to you. I will refuse to answer your pleas, your call. They will call me. I won't answer. They will seek me, but won't find me because they hated knowledge. The American Christians don't want to know. They don't want knowledge. They don't want to know the truth. And they didn't choose the fear of the Lord. Any godly, the, the godly people, anyone who has been and will be godly, this is one, this is an attitude that they, ha- they must have to have the fear of the Lord. Even as God's children, we have to fear that God would, rel- would pull his, would, uh, would draw back and His Holy Spirit would not be upon us. That, that brings fear to me. When I don't have the Holy Spirit, when I do something and I know the Lord is offended and I know that I have to make, uh, I have to make things right, repent, apologize, I do. Because if I don't, I do not have the full I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit upon me. That's what that's, that brings fear to me. 
If you want to grow, you have to fear God. If you want to move forward with God, you have to fear Him. And I don't mean in a negative way. I mean fear Him because He is God. Your life is in His hands. Your day and your future is in His hands. The clothes on your back, you think you work for them. You think you put in your time and you they were through the work of your own hands. Who gave you the job? The clothes on your back were given to you by God. This is the attitude, this is the simple thought that Christian people have to have. The vehicles that I drive were given to me by the Holy Spirit through prayer. My being here at the station, I'm here because through prayer and through the counsel of the Holy Spirit and then the, the goodness of the owner of this station. Nothing, we have nothing. We really own nothing. Everything that the home, the roof over our head is because of the goodness of God. Verse 30. This is Proverbs chapter 1. And back in the mid-80s, late-80s, early 90s, I had the Gablian study Bible, the uh, commentaries, and I had to go over these scriptures I'm reading to you, not because I wanted the knowledge, because they were my experience. Back in the late 80s and early 90s, even the early 80s, I realized the American Christians were never going to wake up. The way that God would wake them up is through tribulation. That's the only way God will wake up the churches in America. Catholics, Lutherans, Greeks, Evangelicals, every flavor of Evangelical Christianity, it will only be through tribulation. I'm telling you the truth. And this, this whole week, I've had to think about this. Lord, there is no way that the American people are going to wake out up without tribulation. They're not going to yield. They're not going to tap out to you. Not all, but most. The, the majority. There is a residue that is already tapped out. A residue in this country that is already faithful. That fear God. There is, and they have been mustered. God has been mustering, calling, numbering, preparing them for this time that we're in. All the troops in Israel, the whole IDF, the whole army has been mustered, put on notice, trained, ready for the war and conflict that they're in presently. They're going to win this war. This is the war of Psalm 83. 
prophesied 3,000 years, 3,000 years ago and prophesied that Israel will win the war and America will not interfere. NATO, European nations, Arab nations, China, Russia will not interfere. Israel will win this battle. They will remove the terrorists from within the nation and surrounding areas. This is a punishment of God on the people that have afflicted, persecuted, tormented, harassed Israel for 3,000 3, years. It is God's punishment to make things right. Verse 30, you didn't want my advice. You rejected my corrections. You didn't want my counsel. So because of this, because of this, I will let you eat the bitter fruit of having your own way. I will let you eat the bitter fruit of having your own way. You want to be full of your own plans and your own schemes? Okay, they will fail. The immature will die because they've turned away. Smugness will destroy fools. Those who obey me will dwell securely, untroubled by the dread of harm. For the faithful believers, this is God's promise. You who obey me will dwell securely, untroubled by the dread of harm. There is tribulation coming. The warnings are everywhere. And I've been for the last year plus, I have dissected Matthew chapter 24. It is, a, it is a chapter that is pieced out in segments. And the beginning segment that is important to us presently is verse 3 through 8. It is the period of time before tribulation. We are in that time. The proof is in the scripture. It is called a time of birth pains, sorrows, a time of deception, great deception. And he's speaking to the disciples who would become the believers in, near, in the near future. They'd be born again. He's speaking to Israel, but he's speaking more specifically to the body of Christ through the last 2,000, 1,900, 2,000 years, but especially in the last 10 years before Christ returns. And the things that you can expect to happen in the decade before Christ returns. One of the, one of the things to look for is Israel going to war with all of the terrorists within the nation and in the nations to the north and to the east. That war has begun. Israel has basically already won the war. 
Hezbollah in Lebanon, they realize they cannot defeat Israel, even with Hamas in the Gaza. The PLO in the West Bank, they are, are having to admit they've come to the realization they cannot defeat the Israeli army. The terrorists in Syria, the same thinking. They know Israel is much too powerful. The Israeli army had been mustered and prepared by God for the last two years, three years, by Benjamin Netanyahu before the, the, uh, the two prime ministers, before Benjamin Netanyahu resumed as prime minister, they had been preparing the Israeli army for a future battle. And the commander of the future battle would be, in God's sovereignty, Benjamin Netanyahu once again. Present day Jordan, King Abdullah II, his armies in Jordan are not strong enough to make a difference. So what is going to have to, to make a difference in this in this war that Israel is fighting in Gaza? The Arab nations, they know collectively they do not have a way to defeat the Israeli army. The United States has now, after 30 days of fighting, the United States has realized we are learning more from the IDF and the way that they're fighting this battle. They are doing things we never thought of. America is on a learning curve. Russia's on a learning curve. Arab nations. The United Nations is not, does not, in spite of the votes passed at the UN Security Council to pass these laws, to basically not request, demand that Israel stop what they call the occupation in Gaza. It's not an occupation. It's a war against terrorists that are going to never stop. These terrorists will never, never, till they're dead, they won't stop this war. This is why Israel is going to be successful because Psalm 83 says they, it will be. Psalm 83, everything is there. Everything. It talks about how the enemies are going to die in the street and they're not going to be buried. It talks about God protecting the women and children, whereas the nations are going to be angry. It talked about the plans for this battle three, four years in the past, preparing these, these enemies, counseling gathering together to hold meetings to plan a strategy. We're in the American church. We are in a time of birth pains and sorrows. The tribulation is coming. In the 80s, 70s, the young Christians, we talked about 
tribulation that's coming. We thought it was going to come with Ronald Reagan. It didn't. And finally, in the late 80s, I realized, wait, there are too many things that have to happen before we're in that very, that, that time where the tribulation is going to take place. So this freed me from any worry or, you know, distress. And I'm still free from distress and worry. But now I see in the time of sorrows, there are things that must take place. And now to looking at the events that have taken place as far as in the news, right at about the time that, oh, maybe a couple of years ago, after that last election, the midterm, the shift that took place in this country politically, the Democrats, the Democrat Party, they now have the upper hand and are directing this country in the direction they want it to go. And nothing is ever going to take that power, authority out of their hand. No election. Nothing. They have to now totally taken over and are... are in control of this country. That's an indicator to me. Secondly, when this war began on, on October the 7th, I realized this. I've been studying uh, and had read about Psalm 83 prophecies back in the 90s or at the turn of the century, I think it was. And so I've been waiting. But even before that, back into the 90s, there was another brother out of northern Colorado, his name was uh, Miller, he had written a book. And I bought the book through this station. I forgot his first name. But he had mentioned basically everything that the people that wrote the book on the Psalm 83 war, he had already put it in print. Somewhere I still have the book. Jim Miller, I think, was his name. I, I, Miller was his last name. So I've been watching what these men throughout the country have been saying about what will happen in this country and what will happen in the Middle East. And I've been waiting for it. And then I realized I've been talking about it for the last year and a half, Psalm, uh, not Psalm 83, but Matthew chapter 24, that time of sorrows and birth pains it's a maybe three or four year period of time two major events have to take place Israel defeats the enemies surrounding Israel and neutralizes the enemies within Israel soon after the prophecy of Ezekiel 38 and 39 when Russia with all of the nations mentioned in Ezekiel, they come to battle in the Middle East. 
used to think that they came to present-day Israel, which they don't. They come to present-day, the battle is fought in present-day Jordan. And on the battle on the fields in the in the in the uh, countryside in Jordan is where these enemies are destroyed. That happens just just prior to the tribulation. And in America, you have no, you have very few main denominations in the evangelical flavor of things that are talking about what's happening in Gaza. They see it as their talk is that Israel is this is a, a, gen, a, 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 a program to kill all of the people in Gaza. It's a genocide. It is not. It is a battle that Israel is commanded to fight to rid itself of enemies. And the women and children, according to Psalm 83, will be protected. This happens in the time of birth pains and sorrows. I probably should even present even more detail. Uh, it's going to be disturbing if I do. It's going to be disturbing because already the Christians have been waiting for this man of sin, this uh, eventually who will become the abomination of desolation. He has been actively at work getting ready to take his place in prophecy on the first day of the tribulation. Already, already has been positioning himself to sign an agreement with the nation of Israel to start the seven-year tribulation. We'll be back at the after the top of the hour. Podcast for all this program on 1360khnc.com. We'll be back. Rick Rodriguez, the Olive Tree Ministry. Are you prepared for a power outage? Never be left in the dark again. Wagner Electric has proudly partnered with Generac to provide long-lasting generators for your home. We have standalone and portable generators in stock now. So give us a call for a free estimate at 970-800-3693. If you are constructing or upgrading your home, trust our expert electricians to take care of your home the first time. We offer services for anything from wiring an unfinished basement to wiring a newly built pole barn. Your electrical system is the heartbeat of your home. So don't risk it and give us a call today to get started at 970-800-3693 or visit us at wagnerelectricco.com. We are located off Highway 85 in Greeley at 1517 2nd Avenue. Wagner Electric sets the standard. 
You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Are you looking to sell your excess construction equipment? Trust Steffes Group's team of professionals to get you the best return on your investment. Steffes Group is a nationally recognized leader in the auction business with over 60 years of experience. Their team of professionals prioritize honesty, integrity, and outstanding service, and they work with you every step of the way to ensure a smooth and successful auction process. Go to steffesgroup.com right now to find a sales representative near you and discuss your options today. All of your electronic devices can be severely damaged by lightning bolts and power surges. Even worse, an EMP attack can destroy everything, leaving our technology-dependent society with no technology. But don't let that be you. Go to EMPShield.com and put KHNC in the promo code box. EMP Shield is an electromagnetic pulse, solar flare, and lightning protection system made to protect you and your electronics. Again, go to EMPShield.com and type KHNC in the promo code box. EMPShield.com. This is Tammy with Naturally Inspired Health Network. We created a group with real solutions for healthy living. Providers with products and services we trust. Need pain relief? Christy Sullivan, Vitality for Life. Want acupuncture? Debbie Ireland, Touch of the East. Looking for a medical doctor? Dr. Sharon Montez, Living Well Health Group. Solutions for health insurance? Wendy Scipioni, MPB Health. NaturallyInspiredHealthNetwork.com. Connecting people with real solutions for health. It's a perfect time to plant trees during the Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale. Buy the first tree at regular price and get a second tree for only 50 cents. Choose from thousands of carryout-sized shade trees, flowering trees, evergreen trees, and more. Buy one 7- to 8-foot-tall flowering tree for only two sixty-nine fifty, and get another tree for only 50 cents. That's two 7-gallon trees for only two seventy. You Come take see. I-25 to exit 235, then 5 miles west to the Tree Farm. Bleed stop. Clinically proven and FDA cleared to stop even arterial bleeds. Pour it into the wound. Apply direct pressure and clotting occurs in seconds. No stinging or burning. Minor cuts or major wounds. Bleed stop is a must for first aid kits, backpacks, and trauma bags. Find bleed stop by clicking on the bleed stop button on the 1360 KHNC webpage. Products and prices listed on the KHNC website are 20% off the regular bleed stop website prices. Get yours today. The Blue Dragon Spa is a man-friendly spa with women bringing their husbands and significant others in for pedicures all the time. Men's feet hurt too, don't forget. Blue Dragon Spa, 1811 Hover Street, Suites A and B, Longmont, Colorado, 720-680-0492, The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. I apologize. We're back for the second hour 
of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. Every Sunday, 2 to 3, I'm sorry, every Sunday, I'm looking at, uh, I'm trying to get to Second Thessalonians, and uh, my screen won't open up here, and it's going to have to work, because it just has to. Every Sunday, 9 to noon, the Olive Tree, Lam- Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. The podcast will be on 1360khnc.com. My contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. One thing that the Holy Spirit is adamant about is that his people listen to what he has to say. Throughout the scriptures, throughout the Bible, the prophecies of the prophets in the Old Testament, the writers, Isaiah, Ezekiel, all of them, they spoke to the to Israel and the people of their time but they spoke also to the people that would live in the time in the time before Messiah's second coming they didn't see it that way but they did give prophecies about families like Lot's children or Jacob's brother Esau, about Ishmael, about Russia, China, America, also for sure Israel, but the nations along the coasts, which would be some of the nations of Europe, nations in Africa, Egypt. But everything, eventually, what would happen in the decade before Christ's return, there would be many prophecies, detailed prophecies, about that decade. Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to rehearse this. I've done this so many times before, but for the new audience, I'm going to do it one more time. Again, probably not one more, maybe more times in the future. Matthew is the book in the Bible that talks about in general, about the last 2,000 years. But specifically, about the last 10 years. The last 10 years. I'll break it down for you briefly. I'll go to Matthew 24. I call it different 
di uh, different bullet points, A, B, C, D, and E, F. The first bullet point, Jesus tells the disciples about the destruction of the temple. That would be verse 1 to verse 3. In verse 3, that's, that's, that's number A. Number B, at the end of A, or at, in verse 3, the disciples ask, what will be the sign of your coming? He's talking about the end before Christ returns. He's not talking for the 2,000 years in between. He's talking about the last time, the period before Christ returns. He's talking about the last decade. Verse 3 to verse 8. There's going to be hardships. Times of war, rumors of war, don't be troubled. These things have to happen. The end isn't yet. Nation's going to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. This is verse 8. These that he just mentioned from 3 to verse 8. Or verse 4 to verse 8 are the beginning of sorrows. In other translations, it, it's the beginning of sorrows and birth pains. There's famines, diseases, plagues. The beginning of sorrows. It's not tribulation yet. This is the time in which we, we're, we're in the time of birth pains. In the time of birth pains, Israel wins the war in Psalm 83. The war of Ezekiel 38-39 will be fought. It will be completed, I believe, in the time of birth pains. There will be a change in the... After Russia is destroyed... There will be two superpowers in the world. In the West, the United States and her allies. In the East, China with the Asian sisters. In the Middle East, when Russia is destroyed, Russia will be destroyed. The armies of Russia and Iran will be destroyed. As well as the armies of Ethiopia and Libya. There will only be two major powers in the world with the same purpose. World hegemony. America will begin once Russia and Iran and the other nations are destroyed. I'm not talking about, I don't want to get into to the specifics of Ezekiel 38 and 39, that's in the future. America will now basically rule the, the European nations. China is going to be at war with the United States in the Pacific, in, 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 uh, around China and the Philippines. After the beginning of sorrows, 
the next part C. Part C is the tribulation. It is three and a half years, each year 1,200, I'm sorry, each year 360 days. The days will be counted, and this is for the prophets of the country and of the world. They will use Israel, Jerusalem time, to begin a day and end a day. The day begins at sundown. It ends and begins at sundown. We will use Israel as the day, the way in which to count the days. For three and a half years, there will be 1,260 days. That is exactly to the day, the amount of time that Daniel says will be the first half of the tribulation. 1,260 days, no more. The next day, on the 1,261st day, the great tribulation begins. It will be on that day that this coming individual who would declare himself to be God will stand in the temple and declare himself to be God, the abomination of desolation. That, from verse 8 to verse 15, no, no, to verse 14, that is part C. Part C is a great tribulation. Part, I'm sorry, the tribulation. Part D is from 15 all the way to, I think, 28. Yep. 15 to 28, that is part D. The next part begins in verse 29. The tri the time of wrath. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, now we go to another segment. I think this is part E. After the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not shine. This begins the time of wrath upon the nations. It will be after, in this period, starting in verse 29, now there will be a resurrection of the Christian people somewhere in the next 30 days. America, somewhere right close to this next 30, 30 days maybe, will be destroyed. Then, after America is destroyed, Daniel says there will be a final 40-day, 45-day period of time. And that last 45 days, Armageddon will take place. The nations will gather together for Armageddon. And probably, there must be probably a, a week or two after Armageddon where Christ has to gather the goats, the sheep and the goats together to go into the millennial kingdom. The sheep will go into the millennial, millennial kingdom. The goats 
the sheep will go, the, sh the goats will be sent to eternal fire. And then Christ will set up his kingdom for the next thousand years. And the day after the 45th day, when Christ, I'm looking at 10 different things at once here. Christ will, Christ, every, we, many in the Jewish community in Israel, they're trying to figure out when will be the, that uh, Jubilee year. What year is the Jubilee year? Will it be 2030, 2031, 2032? What day will be that Jubilee year? When Christ, when the wars have ended, when Christ has finished all the prophecies, when they are complete, that will be the first day of the millennial kingdom. He will be, the, the, the nations, the kingdoms of this world will become his kingdom, his nations. And he will rule from Jerusalem. On that day, the year of Jubilee begins. It's very detailed using the rest of the scripture. Now, I want to go to Thessalonians. America is in the book of Thessalonians. Thessalonians chapter 2. In Thessalonians chapter 2, the United States of America is in this chapter. Paul didn't see the United States, but he did reference America. I'm going to read, this is the King James, I'm going to read through the um, expanded Bible. Okay. Brothers and sisters, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, we have something to say about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the time when we will meet, when we will assemble, when we will be raptured. I'm sorry, not raptured. When we will be resurrected together with Him. We ask and we request that you don't become upset or unsettled in your thinking or afraid or disturbed, alarmed, if you hear that the day of the Lord has already come. Because there were already people saying the day of the Lord had already come back then. It hadn't. Don't be unsettled. Don't be shaken in your thinking. Don't be afraid. And don't be afraid or concerned that the day of the Lord has already come and the judgments associated with it. Someone may have said this in a prophecy by a spirit or by, a, by the spirit or in a message by mouth or in a letter as if it came from us. 
So whoever told you, he's saying, whoever told you this, it didn't come from us. Somebody else is prophesying that the day of the Lord has already come. But no, it didn't come from us. Verse 3, do not let anyone fool or deceive you in any way. The day of the Lord will not come until the turning away from God or the great rebellion, this apostasy. It will not come until this apostasy happens. We are now in the fulfillment of this apostasy. We are here. America, the American Evangelical Christian Church, and the other churches are now in the apostasy. We are in the spirit of lukewarmness, in the spirit of mocking God. We don't believe that God is uh, so cruel that He would punish the Christian people. Well, you go back to what Christ said. If you follow me, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be hated. Don't be fooled in any way. The day of the Lord is not going to come until God's children turn away and rebel against the truth and against Christ and against all that has been said that would take place in this time. Until the turning away from God. When this happens, then the man of evil, the man of wickedness, of lawlessness, or Antichrist in 1 John chapter 2.18, an individual, not a spirit, but a person. This man of wickedness, lawlessness, Antichrist will come. He who is on his way to perdition, to destruction, he's going to appear. He will be against, defy, and put himself above he will exalt himself against any so-called God or anything or object where people worship, that people worship. He will even go into the temple of God and sit there and say that he is, that he is God. He will present himself as God. Verse 5, do you remember when I was with you? I told you that this would all happen. And now you know what is, what, and you now, and so now you know what is stopping this man of evil. What is restraining him, what's holding him back. He will appear, he will be revealed at the right and proper time. So for the last 2,000 years, it was not the proper time. But we evangelicals, we know that at some point there will be the proper time. The secret power or mystery of evil is already working in the world. And you could say it is rebellion, it's witchcraft, 
It's already working in the world. But there is one who is stopping it. There is lawlessness. There is evil. There is wickedness. There is revolt. But there is one that is stopping it. There is one that is stopping this power, restraining it. And he or it will continue to stop or restrain until he is taken out of the way. The restrainer. Now this is very interesting. One of these days, whoever is stopping, whatever is stopping this lawlessness from just flooding the, this earth or this country, whatever is hindering it is going to be taken out of the way. Whatever's restraining it's going to be removed. Now, in this translation, and I agree, this restrainer may be the Holy Spirit. I do not believe it is the human, it is the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that the Holy Spirit is the restrainer. I believe it says here, it could be the Holy Spirit or human government. Or human government. This nation was built, was the foundation was the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the law of the land. This is what has restrained the evil people of this country, the rulers in these positions in Washington, D.C., the corporations to a degree, not perfectly, but it has been human government. It has been the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. This has been the restrainer. Logically speaking, when this man of sin, this lawless person comes, he cannot do or, or he must destroy the constitution of this country. Just this week, Kamala Harris stated, we want to change the constitution to the declaration of an interdependent, uh, how was it, how did she phrase it? Uh, not the, not the constitution. She wants to change the constitution. I, I, re, I forget the phrase. Interdependent states, something to that effect. This is exactly, this has been their plan from the 70s, and now they're getting ready to change the laws of the land. And that coming Antichrist will change the times and the laws. If you have listened to me through the years, I've been, I have presented that there can only be one empire, nation, one great power where Antichrist can come from. It would have to be the United States of America. Many argue that it's King Charles out of England. 
Some are now saying that it's going to be <clears throat> uh, someone out of the Middle East. I still say it will be this country. I believe Paul is saying that this constitution is going to be destroyed by a man that will take position as president. Verse 8, Then that man of evil, the lawless one, will appear, he'll be revealed, and the Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath that comes out of his mouth and will destroy, annihilate, and put an end to him with the glory and the brightness and splendor of his coming. The man of evil who will come will arrive by the power in accordance with the working and activity of Satan. This is in exactly what it says in Revelation chapter 13. And the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. So Paul is mentioning that here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, 9, and 10. The man of evil will come and arrive by the power, the instigation, in accordance with the working activity of Satan, and will have various, various kinds of false counterfeit miracles, powers, signs, and wonders. He will use every kind of evil to trick and deceive those who are heading toward eternal destruction because they refuse to love the truth that would save them. For this reason, God sends them something powerful that leads them away from the truth. A powerful, compelling, effective deception so that they will believe a lie. All those, so all those will be judged guilty, condemned, who did not believe the truth, but enjoyed delighting in evil, wickedness, unrighteousness, and injustice. So this would be the children of the devil. We'll be right back. So on 1360 K8, oopsie, I missed a break there, I apologize. So, I am having to jump a little bit here. When Israel's war is over, the United States and, and the Gog-Magog war is over, when Russia is destroyed, at that point, America will begin its occupation of Israel and will begin its its uh, begin to move our military forces into the Middle East. Syria will be taken out of the way once Israel is finished with this campaign. The Hezbollah in Lebanon will be completely uh, will com be completely destroyed. And the I mean I've got two two three directions to go. I have rehearsed this so much that um, I'm really hesitating to rehearse it again. 
But on the other hand, I think maybe I will put it this way. The prophecies in Amos chapter 1 about Damascus. Damascus is going to be destroyed. This is Amos chapter 1. When Damascus is destroyed, the Psalm 83 war will be at its conclusion, the time of its end. Here's what Amos says. For the many, for three or four crimes, sins or transgressions of Damascus, I will punish, I will punish them. They drove over the prince, the people of Gilead with threshing boards that had iron teeth. So I will send fire upon the house of Hazael, Hazael, which would be the royal dynasty of Syria, that will destroy the strong towers of Ben-Hadad. I will, verse 5, I will break down the bar of the gate of Damascus and destroy the king who was in it in the valley of Avon as well as the leader of Beth Eden. The people of Aram or Syria will be taken captive to the country of Kerr. I think further north. This is what the Lord says. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 says that we believers, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Our battle is with invisible powers in the heavens. In, invisible lords who rule from the heavens over territories. Now in Amos, yes it's talking about why God is going to destroy Damascus. But here in Amos, there is a deeper thought. It's not talking just about the king and the palaces, the people, the royals that are flesh and blood. I think Amos is saying something much deeper. He is also, Amos is also addressing the powers in the air, the rulers over Damascus and over that part of Syria. These can be likened to gods or kings, but these are spiritual powers. It can be alluding to a king who dwells and rules over the valley of Avon, of Beth Eden. Now the people are going to be taken into captivity. But I believe that the spirits that have ruled from the air they can't be destroyed, but they can be 
restricted in their authority. I believe this is what it is saying in Amos. I'm going to now go to Isaiah 17. Isaiah 17 talks about Damascus also. So we're talking about the people. We're talking about Bashar al-Assad. He will be the king of Syria when Damascus is destroyed. The way that prophecy presents things, we can, from what is presented, we can look at present-day Damascus, present-day Syria, and say, okay, who, who are the people in Damascus? This is the center of the terrorist organizations. So you have all the leaders of the terrorist organizations in Damascus. They're going to be destroyed. The king of Syria is Bashar, Bashar al-Assad. He's the king that will be there when Damascus is destroyed and that southern part of Syria is punished. What will happen to him? Israel and Assad, they have a fairly, I mean, they're, they're in conflict with each other, the two nations, and Benjamin Netanyahu, we can see now, he is the head of the operation to fulfill Psalm 83. He's the prime minister. He is the king of Israel. We can see now that if Psalm 83 is being fulfilled, we know who is the head of the of this objective of this war. It's Benjamin Netanyahu. Damascus, it also says that the people of that area of Damascus, they worship idols. And the main god that they worship is the God of fire. Well, in these verses about Damascus, Damascus will be destroyed by fire. Isaiah 17, this is a message, this is a prophecy. This is the oracle about Damascus. The city of Damascus will be destroyed. It will cease to be. Only ruins will remain. The cities of Aurora will be abandoned, deserted. The flocks will wander freely in those empty towns. They will lie down. The flocks will lie down. No one will bother or disturb them. The strong-walled cities of Israel, Ephraim, the most influential tribe of the northern kingdom of Israel, will be destroyed. The government in Damascus will end. So the campaign, the terrorists that have their command center in Damascus will be destroyed. Those who are left alive 
the remnant of Aram, or Syria, will be like the glory of Israel. Now this is very, God is very, uh, Isaiah is very clear. We see God from maybe one view, we have a view of God, but then we have an additional view right here. God is going to, there will be a remnant of these enemies of Israel that are going to be left alive because God will have his inheritance with Syrians, with Jordanians, with those in Lebanon. He will have an inheritance, those in Gaza, in the West Bank. God always has, he wants an inheritance. He created these people he will have some of these people. He will protect them. Those left alive of Aram, of Syria, will be like the glory of Israel, says the Lord. The Lord Yahweh Sabaoth. At that time, Israel's wealth will, be, will all be gone. Now that's interesting. Israel's wealth will all be gone. So this war is going to deplete Israel financially, economically. Israel will be like a body wasting away from sickness. The fatness of the flesh will grow lean. That time will be like the grain harvest in the valley of Rephaim. The workers cut the wheat, they cut the heads off the grain from the plants and collect the grain. That time will also be like the olive harvest when the olive tree is beaten, when a few olives are left, two or three in the top of the branches. At that time, because of the hardship, the people will begin to look at their maker. Their eyes will see as they look toward the Holy One of Israel, as they look toward the Holy One of Israel. They will not trust the altars they have made, the idols. Now for the Christian people, there are things that we trust, things that we depend on, things that we feel enable us or they're idols. We have to, your job, I, I don't know, I'm not in the job force any longer so I don't look so much as a, as a job, as a something that I can have to say I depend on, I lean on. I do work, but but not all full time. I don't know how to explain it, so I better just leave it for right now. Uh, there are things that we we worship, things that we that that have us, that have captured us, that interfere with our relationship with the Lord. These things we have to identify them. And then we have to begin to separate ourselves from them. In the world of sports, people are addicted to sports. Those addictions, at some point, are going to have to be broken. Um, many things that we can be addicted to. They will not trust in their altars that they have made. They will not trust in the things that they've made with their hands. 
not their idols, their goddesses. So this is what Damascus. Now, I'm going to go, there are so many verses. Ezekiel chapter 25. Now we're going to talk about the nation of Jordan. Right now, the nation of Jordan is going to be, Israel is going to go to battle, will be, we'll be in a war with present-day Jordan, King Abdullah II. King Abdullah II doesn't want to have any battles with Israel. It doesn't matter. King Abdullah II is going to the terrorist groups and his army in Jordan are going to go to war with Benjamin Netanyahu. He doesn't have a choice. He won't have a, he won't have a say in the matter. He's going to have to... Uh, his armies are going to join Syria in the conflict against Israel. And that person is King Abdullah II. Ezekiel 25, the prophecy against Ammon Jordan or northern Jordan. The word of the Lord came to me. He said, Son of man, look to the people of Ammon and speak against them for me. Say to them, listen to the word of the Lord God. This is what the Lord God says. You were happy when my holy place was destroyed. You were against the land of Israel when it was polluted. You were against the family of Judah when the people were carried away as prisoners. So I will give you to the people from the east. They will get your land. Their armies will set up their camps in your country and will live among you. They will eat your food, your fruit, and drink your milk. I will make the city of Rabbah a pasture for camels and the country of Ammon a sheep pen. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Lord God says. You were happy that Jerusalem was destroyed. You clapped your hands and stamped your feet. You had fun insulting the land of Israel. So I will punish you. You will be like the valuable thing soldiers take in war. You will lose your inheritance and die in faraway lands. I will destroy your country. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This did take place. In ancient times it took place. It happened already. But Jordan or the son of Lot Lot had a second child to his young daughter. His name was Ammon. Ammon and the children of Ammon, Ammon were punished here but they have not been punished for all of the hardships that they, they caused Israel when Israel was down or when Israel was uh, uh, they were having when they, they well I'll just read it here when, they, they, when the temple was destroyed they were happy when Israel was polluted they were against the land of Israel when it was polluted against the family of Judah when the people were carried away prisoners. So when the people were carried away prisoners out of Israel, Ammon was, rejo Ammon was rejoicing. Boy, do we need the Holy Spirit. 
He was rejoicing. So that punishment on Ammon has yet to occur. The punishment there right now at that time where their punishment is coming. When this war is over in the next, I don't know, a year or less, Ammon will have been punished for all of the mocking of Israel and the hardships that Ammon was a part of in Israel's past. Then Moab and Seir. This is verse 8 through 11. This is what the Lord God says. Moab and Seir. The family of Judah is just like any other nation. I will cut it. I will cut into Moab's shoulder. I will take away the cities that are on its borders. The glory of the land. Beth Jeshimoth. Baal Meon. And Kiran Theam. Then I will give these cities to the people of the east. They will get your land. Let the people from the east destroy the Ammonites. And the people will forget the, that you were ever a nation. I will punish Moab. And they will know that I am the Lord. This prophecy did come to pass. But Jordan is now a nation once again. A modern nation. And the punishments have to come to the center portion of Moab, uh, of Jordan. Moab was the, the first child of Job, the oldest boy through the oldest daughter, or the first son through the oldest daughter. And Moab had also caused hardship to come upon Israel. They're going to be paid back now. The time, in the very shortly, Jordan is going to be at war with Israel. Then Mount Seir, which is Esau to the south, is going to be punished. Then the prophecy of Edom, which is Esau, on the southern part of Jordan into part of Saudi Arabia to the south. Also the punishment is coming to Edom or Esau. So this is in Ezekiel chapter 25. Esau caused a grief hardship to his brother uh, Jacob and his children. Esau must be punished too. And God has waited to this time to punish these, these family members and enemies to punish them at the same time so that the whole world will see that God... His word is good. The punishments that were prophesied throughout the Old Testament about the uh, on these families have not yet happened, have not yet occurred. They are now in motion, and the whole world will see it because of our way to communicate internationally. And God waited till now to begin the punishment on these nations for all the evil that they caused, and the hardship they caused the nation of Israel, Jacob's children. Then you have a prophecy against the Philistines. This is in the Gaza Strip. The people in the Gaza Strip. This was an area where a group of people called the Philistines dwelt, and they caused Israel hardship. Well, now God says, 
they are going to be punished. And these Philistines are the enemies of Israel and enemies of God. It's really interesting how I think it was in the 73 war when the Arab people were given that area of, of the uh, Gaza and it was at that time they were giving that given that land to come and occupy southwest Israel to fulfill the prophecy now. If that hadn't happened, if Israel had not given them that space, this prophecy could not come to pass. Israel didn't want to do it. They were kind of coerced and they went along with the agreement, not knowing that they were going to eventually regain all of the area of Gaza in the time presently. These prophecies are very exact. And we know in the prophecy with the Philistines, okay, the punishment's coming to the Philistines. Who are the Philistines? Hamas. And the terrorist groups in Gaza. Then we have Obadiah. Obadiah is talking about this time. Obadiah is talking about Jacob's twin brother Esau. And um, Obadiah, his whole book is just about Esau, Jacob's twin brother, just about Esau. The vision of Obadiah. The Lord God proclaims concerning Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord. A messenger has been sent among the nations. Rise up. Let us, I'm sorry, let us rise up against her for battle. So the battle against the children of Esau is going to take place very shortly. Look now, I will make you of little importance among the nations. You will be totally despised. Your proud, proud heart has tricked you. You who live in the cracks of the rock, whose dwelling is high above, you who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Though you soar like an eagle, though your nest is set among the stars, I will bring you down from there, says the Lord. God is coming to rob Esau. The thieves approach you, the robbers by night. Now you have been devastated. They wouldn't steal. They would steal only what they wanted. If those who gathered grapes came to you, wouldn't they leave grapes? How Esau has been looted, his treasures taken away. All those who were your allies have driven you to the border. Those who were on your side tricked you and triumphed over you. Presently, right now, these terrorist families that are, that are full of hate toward Israel, they're being tricked. And it says it right here. They're being tricked. They're being tricked to be put in a position to be punished. Those who were on your side tricked you and triumphed over you. They are setting your own bread as a trap under you. You don't see it coming. 
Won't I on that day, says the Lord, destroy the wise men, wise of Edom, the understanding from Mount Esau? Your warriors will be shattered. Teman and everyone from Mount Esau will be eliminated. Because of the slaughter and violence done to your brother Jacob, we're done with this hour. I'll have to come back. I'll finish after the in the next the beginning of the next hour. But for now, for those that are leaving, God bless you. And this is Rick Rodriguez. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. The Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale is going on now. Choose from thousands of carry-out sized trees that are easy to handle and easy to plant. While supplies last, buy the first tree at regular price and mix or match a second tree for only 50 cents. Thousands of shade trees, flowering trees, fruit trees, evergreen trees, ornamental trees, and more. Also, huge savings on shrubs and perennials. You Come take see. I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the tree farm. As the economy collapses, are you prepared to provide even basic essentials for your family? I teach urban survival training course that arms you with hundreds of skills and hacks to keep you and yours going when everyone else gives up. Food and water are only the beginning. Call the Rev at 303-809-3343. That's 303-809-3343. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. My name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home and business, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-405-3740 or email me at nococarpetcleaning at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my reviews on Google. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. Every 
And we're continuing. It's a it's a difficult it's difficult to try to get all these verses and chapters and the thought into three hours. But I'll do what I can do. Okay. Now if you've just tuned in this is the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program every Sunday from 9 to noon. And the podcasts for the program are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. And my contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. It's difficult to condense all of this. There is so much talk about Ammon, Moab, and Edom, which is present-day Jordan. Ammon to the north, Moab in the middle, Edom in the south, which is Jacob's twin brother, Esau. Then you have the enemies of Syria to the north. Um, you have the Gaza Strip, which is the ancient land of the Philistinians. You have the West Bank, which is part of the land of the Canaanites in ancient Israel. That is just focusing on the Middle East, not focusing on America. America is in the Bible. I have a friend who's passed away. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember his name. Richard Combs. C-O-O-B-E-S. Combs. M-B-E-S. Richard Combs. He did an extensive study in the scripture about Babylon the Great. Detailed. His work was... I think some of the best. I think the book was America the Babylon. And he he did pass away probably 2012. But his research was so good. But he had no friends. Uh, he was very few people to fellowship with because to think that the United States of America could be Babylon the Great the implications are are just uh, overwhelming you we evangelical Christians cannot imagine or entertain the thought that could we be living in 
the great Babylon of the end of the world. There are two Babylons in the Bible if you do with a study. There's ancient Babylon, there's great Babylon, or modern day Babylon, at the end of the world, at the end of the ages, at the end of the dispensation, in the years before Christ returns. Ancient Babylon prophecies the burden of the Lord to Babylon who sits in the ocean of sand. Then there is another Babylon who sits between the great waters, America. One was ancient, the other is modern. They were both great, but modern Babylon, the greatest of any empire or nation or kingdom in the Bible or in history. Oh, the only thing greater is the New Jerusalem. If this is the case, then, like I was reading earlier, and I bounced quite a bit from verse to verse, chapter to chapter, the thought that America is in the Bible because there is a restrainer holding back the evil in this country. It's called the Constitution. It's our Bill of Rights, our Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. It's laws of man that are holding back something in this nation called lawlessness, a spirit of rebellion, a rebellion against law, any kind of law. And eventually... According to Second Thessalonians 2, all the way through about verse 10, 15, eventually this restrainer, which is not the Holy Spirit, will be removed out of the way. And when it's removed, this man of sin, he will be revealed because I believe he will be the one to remove it. If this is the land of the coming, what we call men of sin, son of perdition, antichrist, then the American Christians are not prepared for the most part. And in, in Revelation chapter 3, Christ talking to the Laodicean church, the evangelical church of America, Buy of me gold tried in the fire that your shame does not appear, that you'll be clothed. And tribulation has always been the way in which God not only gets the attention of his people, but it is, it is like a way to corral them, to woo them, Initially, just to kind of warn them to come back. The Holy Spirit is mustering out of this great body of believers in America, including all of the every born-again Christian, regardless of which assembly they are in. 
Catholicism or the Greeks or Presbyterians or whatever. In America, I just say the whole family of Jesus Christ who is born again, you are being mustered. You are being numbered. You are being sent notice. There is a great battle that we are in presently and it's going to intensify. And your only way to be helped is through the Holy Spirit. The, the Lord, only He, He has to be your center of everything. And I don't mean uh, going to church every single day. I mean practicing, praying, the way you get to know Him is through prayer. If you pray for your neighbor or your family member or someone that you love to get to meet the Lord to get saved, 99% of the time, if not 100% of the time, you are in God's will. If you are praying for someone that is not a Christian, as you pray for them and ask the Lord to visit them, you are in the Spirit. There are some people, now I'll throw you a hard curveball. There are some people that I see that are well-known figures that I do not pray for because I know they are servants of Satan and they will never repent. I don't pray for their salvation. I just pray God's will be done with them. And when God decides that he, He's going to bring the judgment on him, then say, La, so be it. But I don't waste my time praying for people that I know are going to, that, that serve Satan, that will never repent. You know, example I'll give you. No matter how many people would pray for Judas Iscariot, he could not be saved. He was a servant of another king of another kingdom. Adolf Hitler was a servant of a king that rules another kingdom. We in America, because of the pastors, not all, but most of the pastors of this, of this country in the evangelical churches, because they don't know the deep things of God, Deep calleth unto deep. Deep calleth unto deep. We know the deep things of God by the Spirit of God that is in us. And I cannot, I hear people praying for certain people to get saved that I know cannot be, cannot be saved. They have sworn allegiance to the King of the kingdom of darkness. They can't be saved. 
unless the Holy Spirit through prophetic insight shows you that he wants him to be saved. Now, the Apostle Paul, you would never think that he could ever become a Christian. Well, it took Christ, it took the Holy Spirit, Jesus in the day, middle of the day, it took Jesus Christ meeting him personally. There were many people praying for him, but it was Christ who met him one day. But for the most part, Adolf Hitler could not be saved. And there are people in this administration, they are servants of another king that has, that is the ruler of the kingdom of darkness. Now, for people that, family members, yes, when you pray, you will have the Holy Spirit. You're praying in accordance with God's will. Pray for them. But if you have a sense not to, that's going nowhere, well, give it to the Lord. Let Him decide. I don't tell these stories very often. One day I picked up a boy. I was on a drive. I was coming over the peaks out of uh, Silverthorne, dropping down into Denver. I saw a guy on the side of the road. I pulled over to pick him up. And he put his backpack in the back and got in. And I looked at him and he looked at me. And I knew he was a member of the powerful coven up around Central City. I knew he was a member. And I was going to see if I could visit with him about the Lord. And the Lord told me, do not say anything. He will never get saved. Now, many of you will take, uh, it will offend you with what I just said, and many of you will, will uh, disagree. It's all right. You can disagree all you want. The Lord said, he will never be saved. And I understood it. And I didn't say a word to him. I just asked him, I said, so where, you, where do you want to get off? He said, down by, uh, uh, as soon as we get into Denver, by the truck stop. I said, okay. And I pulled over. He opened the door, didn't thank me, got out, walked away. Well, the very next day, I'm coming back from Cheyenne. I get to Wellington. There's a guy hitchhiking. And the exact same thing happened. This young hippie kid gets in. He was pretty far out there. And the Lord told me, he is a vessel of destruction. Well, that's too hard to believe. That's just too out there. It's not in the Bible. The Bible never, ever says anything about people not getting saved. Well, in Romans, it does. The Apostle Paul talks about it. 
And um, I think it's in Romans chapter 11, 10. Let me go to it. Okay. Oh my goodness. I thought I knew the Bible better than that. I think it was back in 9, chapter 9. Okay. Here it is in 9. I was in chapter 9 initially. And I'm going to I'm going to deviate because we there are people that we should pray for. And there are people that no matter what we do as far as as far as prayer, they will never be saved. Verse 9 Romans um, I say the truth in Christ, I don't lie. My conscience bearing witness in the Holy Spirit. I have great heaviness and continued sorrow in my heart. I wish that myself were a curse for Christ, from, from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites who pertain, to whom pertain the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God, and the promises. Some Jewish people will never get saved. They will never meet Christ. Some Gentile people will never meet Christ. Who are Israelites to whom pertains the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises. Whose are fathers, whose are the fathers, and of whom concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God bless forever. Amen. Not as though the word of God had taken none of, no effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all the children but in Isaac shall the seed be called that is they which are the children of the flesh these are not the children of God but the children of the promise are counted for the seed this is way this is too deep but I got to continue this is the word of promise at this time I will come Sarah will have a son not only this but when Rebecca had also conceived by one even by our father Isaac. For the children, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to the election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. We're talking about election. It was said to her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. 
It is not of him that wills, nor of him that runs, but of God that shows mercy. For the scripture said unto Pharaoh, Even for the same purpose have I raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore, he has mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, whoever he desires to harden, he will harden. Will you say to God, Why does he find fault? Who has resisted his will? But he says, No, old man, O man, who are you that were are to repl- who are you to reply to God? Shall the thing say shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why have you made me like this? Has not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel to honor and another to dishonor? And what if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endures with much long suffering the vessels that were fitted to destruction? Some vessels fitted to destruction. This is too deep. Deep calleth unto deep. The deep things of God are known by the spirit of man within him. The pastors of this country have not have felt to protect God's children from deep things. They have have not spoken the truth to the American people, the American Christians. America's in the Bible. Antichrist is going to be very shortly come he's going to very shortly resume power in the seat of president of this country you see god has an offense with many of the men who have been the leaders of the body of christ in this country because they keep things light They keep things festive. They don't want God's children to know the truth. Keep them on the bottle. 1% milk. No whole milk. Do not tell them the truth. Do not cause them to have any type of distress. But they, they know the Bible and they won't tell the truth. The Bible is all about distress. The Lord Jesus said to his disciples, They hated me, they're going to hate you. They persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. They're going to kill, they've killed the prophets. They're going to kill me, and they're going to kill you. God is mustering an army, God is calling people in his body in the whole family to prepare for what is coming not just prepping but spiritually speaking to pray more to make your requests king david i always say this if you need to uh, the christian people need to learn how to pray for themselves king david 
is a person who you could use as the example. Daniel, but there are more verses where David would lay out his complaints to the Lord. But David prayed for himself continuously. Lord, my enemies have surrounded me. Lord, they mount up against me. Lord, I am... It's over. I have no way out. I'm going into the valley of the shadow of death. There's no way, Lord, for me to escape. Pray for your... Pray. Ask the Lord to show you how to pray for yourself every day. You're going to need His help with in the business world. Pray that God be with you in the meetings that you're in, that He give you victories with your children. Ask the Lord to give you wisdom on the direction they need to go, that God will show you what they're capable of, what they're not capable of, uh, what you can expect of them, what you can't expect of them. We're going to be back to finish out in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. Rick Rodriguez. You've probably been hearing me talk about Y-Refi for a while now. Y-Refi has been getting a ton of phone calls, and I want to thank you for supporting and investing in something that actually helps people. A lot of people are talking about this investment, so I'd like to review the basics with you. First off, yes, it's true. You can earn up to 10.25% fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, and there are absolutely no fees there is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back and your monthly statements will have no surprises if you're not sure if you can trust this economy this secure collateralized portfolio may be a good option for you just go to investyrefi.com that's the word invest the letter y r e f y.com or call them at 888-YREFI24 that's 888-YREFI24 tell them joe sent you All right, well, this is the final 30 minutes, and the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. Monday, I'm sorry, yeah, Monday through Friday during the week from 2 to 3, I host the Present Truth, Progr- Present Truth Program, uh, and the podcasts are also on the site 1360khnc.com my contact information is Olive Tree Ministry P.O. Box 872 Longmont, Colorado 80502 with mustering God beginning to alert his, his children this is what he does God is in the not the business, but the scriptures 
are the way in which God alerts his people. He warns his people. He uh, sends out the notices of what is coming. It is through the prophetic scriptures in the Middle East. This is a battle that is taking place before the tribulation begins. As soon as this war is concluded, the next great prophecy with Russia and Iran, Ethiopia and Libya and other nations in the old Soviet bloc, Turkey, they're coming to the Middle East to battle. They're going to have the battle. The battle will be fought in present-day Jordan. When this war is over, Israel is going to occupy and control present-day Jordan, especially the area to the south. Present-day Jordan. Israel must take over Jordan because it has to have Jordan in her possession because once the tribulation begins Israel has to prepare for three and a half years has to prepare Jordan for the for the final well in the initial three and a half years prepare Jordan for what's going to happen in the great tribulation Israel has to have a place to flee to and Israel can't flee into the kingdom of King Abdullah II. Israel, the children of Israel in Jerusalem and that area have to flee into a nation, an area that they occupy, that they control, which is on the east side of the Jordan River, which is present-day Jordan. So another prophecy is going to be fulfilled when Israel... When Jordan goes to war with Israel, Israel is going to take over the real estate of present-day Jordan. And Russia is going to come with all these other nations. The battle will be fought in Jordan. And Russia and her armies will be destroyed. Now, also, what has to happen before the last decade or right about the time of the last decade according to the prophecies in Ezekiel 38 and 39 Russia doesn't come as a uh, weak army Russia comes in full armor ready prepared for battle and 20 years ago, Russia wasn't ready. But since Vladimir Putin became the president of Russia, starting on the first day of this century, he has fulfilled scripture. He's the, it appears as if Vladimir Putin is going to be the president of Russia. It's just, we're right on the, it, it, they're going to have their elections in March of this coming year. I don't think Vladimir Putin is going to run again. I think it's a six-year term. I think he has health problems. 
I don't think Benjamin, I'm sorry, Vladimir Putin is going to run. And there is another individual that is ready to replace him that's going to run for president. And it's pretty, pretty, it's a kind of a given that this guy's going to win. So it may not be Vladimir Putin that will actually fight the war. He won't be the president when the war is fought in Jordan, probably next summer or in a warm season for sure. I don't think he will be the president. So whoever's coming will probably be that individual. We can put these things together. But you have to know the time that we live in, that we're in the last decade. 20 years ago, Vladimir Putin began a, there was a strategy to make Russia very powerful. The strategy worked, was working. Then, because of the United States CIA involvement in Ukraine and the possibility that Ukraine was going to become a NATO nation, it forced Vladimir Putin to respond in February 2022. And the Ukraine war has made Russia, <clears throat> Russia even stronger, excuse me, has made Russia even stronger. Militarily, she's never been so strong. She has, I think, two and a half million soldiers in reserve or ready to go to war. There's 1.3 million active right now. Her industry is at 100%. You shoot one bullet, you make five more. You drop one bomb, you make five more. So everything that Russia has been using in Ukraine five times is probably being built and manufactured. Russia's doing that because they have to bring a stockpile. These nations have to stockpile Jordan. Because once the war is over, there's enough material in Jordan, there will be enough material. Jordan will not need outside help for seven years. They'll have fuel, energy, everything they need for seven years. So God is getting ready to set Israel up for the tribulation. Then three and a half years into that tribulation, the great tribulation, be, tribulation begins and the Jewish people have to have a refuge, a wilderness to flee to. The wilderness is in Revelation chapter 12. Israel will flee for time, time and half a times into the wilderness. It's not America. America, yes, you could say, in a sense, the prophecy did was fulfilled in part using America as a wilderness in that principle. No, America is not a wilderness any longer. America is an empire, a great nation. America is the hammer that Antichrist is going to use to destroy the nations. We are a hammer, a sledgehammer, a wrecking, uh, a maul, M-A-U-L, 
or a wrecking ball. We are an empire that is going to destroy the nations of the world that won't go along with American policy. It's in the Bible. But Russia is going to bring, with all these enemies that come, they're going to bring so much merchandise, material, weapons, metal, that Jordan, the Jewish people in Jordan, won't need outside help from any nation. They're going to have oil. They're going to have everything they need. But in the three and a half years of the, of the final, the Great Tribulation, the final three and a half years, the Jewish people will have to flee to Jordan. And from all over the world, they'll probably have to go there too. The hatred and the anti-Semitism of the Jewish people will be so great. And in Revelation chapter 12, it says that the world, the earth, there's going to be a flood. Out of the dragon's mouth is going to be a flood to destroy the Jewish people. But it says that the earth is going to open her mouth and, and absorb the flood and help the J Jewish people probably go to Jordan, which we would know more commonly as Petra. In the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s, after the first part of the century, we always talk about Petra, Petra. Then in the uh, one of the uh, Harrison Ford movies, Raiders movies, uh, they show this area, Petra. Beautiful. Valleys. It's a dry land. But God is going to have a way to keep for three and a half years the people that are going to flee. God will have a way to keep the Jewish people. We're seeing so much prophecy take place right now. It's like going to the fireworks on the 4th of July. You can't, you can't enjoy anything because there's so much happening. You have to just enjoy the whole but this here with the prophecies taking place presently we we can distinctly see each prophecy and how it fits with each which with the other prophecies i don't think vladimir putin will be the president when uh, russia goes with the armies to jordan Will uh, Recep Tiap Erdogan, will he be the president of Turkey to bring the Turkish army with Russia? I'm suspecting, he, I think he just won the election. I suspect he'll be the president that will bring the Turkish armies south. Who's going to be the president of this country? Or who's going to replace the Joe Biden? I suspect personally I still 
of the opinion, the thought, to study, it will be Barack Obama. He's coming back. He's going to come and resume power in the power structure in this country. And I suspect that he will be uh, at the helm after the Russian war is concluded. And uh, that shouldn't be too long from now. I don't think I think he'll resume his place of power, his seat of power in this country before the 24, 2024 election. I'm just, I'm not saying this is absolute. I'm saying it appears as if this could be a great possibility. But that he is coming back? No, he is coming back. That I do say. He will come back. He will resume power in the future. When? I don't know. But he will be eventually uh, in power when Russia, the Russian war is concluded. I'm presenting quite a bit. You're going to have to come back to the podcast, 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. I'm just putting pieces together for you. Benjamin Netanyahu, once he, once this war is concluded, the Psalm 83 war is concluded, will he continue as Prime Minister in Israel? I'm not so sure because whoever, whoever is going to be in position when Israel signs an agreement with the United States, is going to have to be a globalist. Will have to be willing to go along with American global New World Order plans. And I don't. Th- I I would say that the globalists of this country of the West do not particularly care for Benjamin Netanyahu. They don't care for him. And um, I don't think he's their man. He's never been their man. This Joe Biden in that seat of power in this country, not really the one pulling the strings, not really the one who is making the decisions, has still yet to to congratulate Netanyahu on winning the last election in Israel. So I'm not so sure that Benjamin Netanyahu is their man. In fact, I, I know he's not their man. Is Are they going to allow him to make decisions for Israel in the future. I think eventually the in Israel the globalists that will be in power will 
they'll betray Israel. They will betray Israel. They'll sign an agreement with this coming man of sin. And then the tribulation will begin. And Israel will have a very difficult time. This Psalm 83 war. I cannot ever see them going to battle again. And ever winning and being victorious in any other wars after this war is concluded. There will be no future victories for Israel. I do have uh, here in the paperwork in my, my notes that when this war is concluded from this, that point on into the future after Russia won't even really have a conflict with Israel because it says that God is going to do some very interesting things to destroy Russia and those armies. You know, I'll discuss this more in the future. But Israel, it doesn't show through the seven years of tribulation that Israel is ever going to have another military victory. They'll never have another war in which they fight where they'll be victorious. And like I read earlier, some of these verses say that Israel is going to, for the most part, economically be destroyed. And there will come a time when the United States will cease funding, or I'm sorry, yeah, cease funding Israel. And there will come a time when America will cease sending weapons to Israel. There'll be no weapons sent any longer to Israel. I was just thinking about that, and I, 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 it's been in the back of my mind. I thought, well, I better just present it to you and tell the audience that Israel, Israel's, uh, Israel's not going to have a military in the future because Israel is going to be given and promised to be protected by America. Israel's not going to have to fight any, won't, won't have to fight any battles. Well, we're going to see. Wow, I was just thinking about that, and I, I thought I'd better present it, so this way I can archive it, so I can remember it in the future. With with uh, Europe, Europe is uh, going to there. I'm trying to figure out where where Europe's going to be. What's going to happen with Europe? And um, what I'm going to do is I am going to just briefly. I'm going to have to put in a. Uh, a song. There's doing there. I have to go to the front door of the station here, on top of all the other duties. Um, I have to put in a song, and uh, I'm going to have to go to the to the front door here for just a quick second. And I'm going to put in. A song here, Brother Loves, 
And that gives me just a few minutes. And I can resume in just a second. going to happen. I guess Johnstown is having some kind of an event out front. I parked my car out front and they've been trying to get in to move. They needed me to, needed me to move the car to bring in some barbecue. So I had to let him trust him with my keys to my car and I don't know if I'll ever see my car again. But anyhow, that's what happens. Now, so I appreciate you Appreciate everybody just uh, working with me. So, Europe, the European nations, they will work with the United States and the nations of Europe that won't go along with American hegemony. These nations are going to be punished. Britain, Britain will work with the U.S. France may not. Germany won't have a choice. The big ones. Um, 
after Russia is destroyed, I've been wondering, I don't think the United States is going to, I don't think the United States is going to be able to take over Central Asia. I think there's going to be quite a bit of conflict in the European nations. When Russia is destroyed, the city, the city won't, um, oh, I'm sorry, the, the nation of Russia, the, the city, the, the nation of Russia will still cease to exist. The armies, five-sixths of the army will be destroyed. And the gas that the gas fields that supply Europe, they may be, I don't know what to think. I'm just presenting this here so you can think about it. Boy, I, uh, this, uh, these guys out front really, really set me off course. So I'll go back to this. The Holy Spirit, through the prophetic scripture, is speaking to the nations. China, Xi Jinping, I feel is going to be the president of China that has the ability, uh, he is very powerful. He is not, I wouldn't say so much having dialogue with the Asian sisters. I would think it's more, he has more of a China, the whole Chinese government is, has, has more of a threatening position to the nations in the Far East that you're either going to go along with China or you're going to suffer the consequences and Taiwan, Taiwan is the next objective for China. It has to be. The reason, because China needs the computer chip manufacturing capabilities. Taiwan, during the Reagan, during the Trump administration, there was a plan, I think, to should China decide to invade, there was a way for the Taiwan manufacturers to destroy their secrets and to end any abilities of manufacturing these chips for computers. Xi Jinping, I think, is going to take, he'll be the president of China to meet, I say, Barry Satora, Barack Obama, at Armageddon. There are the Arab nations, the Islamic, I shouldn't say Arab, I should say there are, I think, 21 Islamic nations that are beginning, that are working together. This is also going to be a When Armageddon takes place, they will bring the Islamic armies to Armageddon. 
the armies of Antichrist from the West and the Asian armies from the East. And these basically three, the armies of these three groups basically will be the, the main armies. They, they're, either, they're either Islamic or Western armies, which would be probably NATO and American, Canada. And then you have the Asian nations, China. I'm not so sure India will be part of that. But uh, we're talking, I think, the way things are developing right now, when Russia is destroyed, China will have a way to build the One Belt Road through southern China toward Europe. Russia uh, isn't allowing China to further that Belt Road through southern Russia. So there's China is, is being held up. But eventually, when Russia is no longer uh, involved, uh, no longer a power, when Russia is, is uh, gone, China will probably pretty much do whatever she wants in Central Asia. I'm just watching these scenarios develop. I'm looking at who's who in this country. In this country, eventually, when the Constitution is destroyed, and it's going to be destroyed when it is over, we've heard talk of, for the last 20, 30 years, 10 major regions in this country. There will be the individuals will be appointed. They won't be elected. There will be no more elections. There will be no election for uh, governor of the state of Colorado or Wyoming, Utah, Montana, New Mexico, Kansas, ne Nebraska. There will be appointees. The nations will be or, or, or the areas in this country will be, they'll be pointed, appointed. In one of the regions to the west, I think one of the appointments will be um, the governor of California presently, uh, Gavin Newsom. I think that he is on the list of appointees for one of the ten regions. I believe Jared Polis is on the list for the individual who be appointed to one of the ten regions. Uh, in Florida, in that region down there, probably Ron DeSantis. He is a globalist. And I'm just looking at throughout the country to see who might be the appointees. Down in Texas, it would be this... Uh, what is his name? He ran for president last time. Oh, I can't think of his name. But, well, listen, our, we've had some of our system, we had a system go out this week. And because of that, we, our time clock, our schedule has been off. We haven't been on schedule. We have new equipment coming, a l much new equipment. 
new systems and we're updating some things so we've had to just kind of go with the flow but I'm going to go ahead and end for today the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the olive tree site my contact information is olive tree ministry P.O. Box 872 Longmont, Colorado 80502 Uh, I'll be here next Sunday 9 to noon we won't have any glitches God willing we won't have any barbecue vendors outside so until then I thank you for being flexible today God bless you God bless your families God bless everybody that you love God's Holy Spirit be upon you. And may the Lord Jesus just protect you, keep you, and everyone that you love this week. We will visit with you next week. God bless you. Off the plane. I could hear the desperation in the flight attendant's voice when she asked me if there was anything I could do. I'm on it, I said. I told her that I'd get back to her. Airborne communication with my company normally occurs in the form of email-like messages. I decided to bypass this system and contact my flight dispatcher directly on secondary audio. There is a radio operator in the operations control center who connects you to the telephone of the dispatcher. I was in direct contact.